I don't know whether to minister to you first or minister at the end of what I feel God told me. Uh, but before I, I say that, how many of you here want to be on fire for God? Okay. I thought the young ones, you will raise your two hands. All the young ones behind the screens, you have to listen to me carefully. Okay? Don't think you are not involved. So don't be taken over by. So those adults there, just make sure that they hear God's word. That is why we are here today. Okay. Now, those of us who want to be on fire, there are two types. As, I was, as we were worshiping, the Lord gave me an illustration of those who want to be on fire and where you are now in your life. And I'm glad that we have a mechanic here. So what I'm going to say, if I'm wrong, Peter, you have to correct me. There are two kinds of batteries in the car, okay? Every car has got a battery. There are some cars, you always have to jumpstart them. Hmm? Have you jumpstarted your car before? And there are some can immediately you put the key in, boom, then fire is going. There are two types of Christians here right now. Those who always need jumpstarting and those who always are on fire for God. Do you always need jump-starting? Do you have to come on Sunday and be what? Inspired and do... Have you, seen, have you seen that? You have to use the red... No, fire you up, and then you catch fire. Immediately you drive and your car stops the following day. What? The battery is what? Flat. Some Christians are like that. It's only when there are meetings or they want the preacher to come and jump-start the... At times it takes too long... If you are not careful, you need a high capacity or battery to come and jumpstart them. And there are those who are constantly, the battery is always alive. You know the difference? Apart from the fact that the dead battery is dead, what keeps the living battery always going is something they call the alternator. Am I correct, Peter? Correct. I know some mechanics. The alternator, as you drive, what? Charges what? The battery. Let me ask you a question. Where is your battery? The Lord is asking you a question. Are you flat that you need to be jump-started or you are always alive? This is the word of the Lord to somebody. And you're hearing me as well online. What kind of Christian are you? Either I'm alive or I need to be jump-signed. you know the difference? It is how you work with God on a daily basis, not on Sundays, not when there's prayer meetings. You yourself. How? I said daily. I did not say every other day. Every day, how you work with God will determine your fire level. If you don't pray as a Christian, if you don't read your Bible and obey it, I can tell you you are flat. It doesn't matter what you say, you are flat. And today maybe I can do a little bit of sparking for you. But it may not be enough. If you want to stay on fire, it's a personal thing. Or always you will have to bring in people to come and jumpstart you. If, you, if you don't have a, an existing prayer life, I'm talking to you. I said I'm not just going to be preaching. I'm talking to you. 
If you want to be somebody who rather jumpstarts people, not you are the one being always what? Jumpstarted. One leader said this, a pastor. He said that he had a group of leaders around him. And almost every leadership meeting, he has to use his jump. He had a, a big toolbox. Huh? And the toolbox are different what? Tools. He said the number one tool he always used was a jump lead. Because <laughs> any time they are me, he has to jump start his leaders. So instead of coming and let's firing for God, we have to spend time working on you. Sparking, sparking, sparking. By the time the meeting is over. I'm speaking prophetically. What kind of battery are you? Or what kind of battery do you want to be? It's your choice. And young ones, the same goes for you as well. Instead of playing, what are the games they play now? I don't know. Young ones, you have to talk to Fortnite. Roadblocks. Fortnite. Whatever. Is, is Nintendo still alive? <laughs> uh, <it's dead. laughs> so PlayStation 4 and what again? Okay, whatever games you've been playing, hear me. What's your name? Julian. Julian. You want to be a world champion? You want to be a history maker? You want your life to make an impact? Then stop playing the games and start seeking the face of God. And your parents myself, if your parents themselves they are not seeking God, what are they going to offer you by them? And that this goes for the parents. You want your children to be wild, but you yourself you are not wild. You can only give what you have. You don't show devotion, commitment, and love for God supreme, but you want your children to be world champions and history makers. Maku Sabalaku Sibina Kadu Sayanda. Save the Lord. They are great champions in this room. Mighty warriors, but it will take a lot of hard work, a lot of discipline for it to be achieved. It will not come by coming to church and say, I receive, I receive. You know, a lot of pastors, now all the church people go and say, I receive, I receive. What's up? I receive, I receive. My friend, it's not I receive, I receive. It's what you do on a daily basis. That's what make the difference with your life. It's a choice. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's a choice. You can't blame anybody. You can't blame them. It's a choice. You decide. You decide how you will be a world champion, a person who advances God's kingdom, or you will be a dead battery always needing to be charged. It's your choice. God plays no favorites. It's in the scriptures. God plays no favorites, but God plays something. You know what God plays? God always respects his word. God always respects his principles. If you do things God's way, things will work for you. I preached a message last year called, Why do you think God chose Mary? You know the mother of Jesus Christ. Everybody knows the mother of Christ. So people think Jesus or God did Mini, mini, money, money. I need a woman. Which one? No, no, no. I want one virgin here in the church. And just, no. Mary was not chosen like that. Hear ye me. 
Mary was chosen because she qualified because of her life. Read her story. Say, oh, you have had mercy on your handmaiden. You have looked at the low estate of your servant. Mary was a humble person, a humble girl. 16 years old. So you will hear who are young. Don't think you are too young. Mary was about 16, so even younger. When she was picked by God, God looked throughout the years. And look for a woman, a young girl, a virgin, whose heart was right, who was humble. God did not just pick. Nothing just happens. Don't let anybody lie to you. Of course, there were other virgins, other godly women, but certain things causes God to choose. God did not just choose David. Are you hearing me? God did not choose just Esther. I just want to impress upon you. If you want your life to be used by God to the fullest, everybody here is important. Everybody seated here is critically important to God. But the question is this. Will you cooperate with God or you will frustrate God? Will you cooperate with him or you will frustrate God? God wants to use everybody here greatly. Take it from me. As I was in we worship, you know what I felt in me? That God can cause an explosion in this church and an explosion in CLF. But you know that it will cost. The issue is not that God is the one we strain, it's us. My hand is not sure that I cannot say, neither is my ear dull that I cannot hear about your sins. Your iniquities has become a block between me and you. So God cannot do what he wants to do. Nothing just happens. You better believe that. You must teach your children that. Nothing just what? Happens. Everything that happens has got what we call cause and effect. Do not be deceived. God is not what? Mocked. For whatsoever John Dompress sows, he shall reap. That's why God is no respecter of persons. He's not partial. God respects what he has what? Written. Lord, help us. Help us to wake up. We need to wake up. We are asleep. Hmm? By the way, we need to pray for what is going on in uh, uh, Ukraine. We pray for peace. Say amen. amen. We pray that God's will be done. Say amen. amen. We pray that the kingdom of God in the midst of this tragedy will advance. Say amen. amen. We pray for our brothers and sisters. Can you imagine? You wake up today, your house is bombed. At times you have to think of what others feel and experience. Everything you've spent your life building go up in smoke. You have to run for your dear life, your wife and children. Don't know where you're going when you're coming back. You have to think about such things. But God is still on the throne. His will will be done. Human beings outside of God are extremely wicked and terrible. It is what it is. Satan is like that. He will attack you 
for no reason. Satan, he will attack this church and hinder us for no reason. Just to stop you from being... In the same thing, the same thing applies to our lives individually. You know that. You'll be minding your business, having a happy marriage, and then the devil will come and slap the marriage and cause chaos. How many of you married couples don't raise your hands? Have experienced that before? Oh, yes. Minding your own business. You don't know somebody have targeted you. You're a pastor, you're a mechanic. Somebody have targeted you. You have no idea. You are just going about thinking that life is just eating conflicts every morning. You're joking. You better know that there are enemies at the door ready to strike at any moment. And you are just sleeping. You don't wake up and pray. You don't connect with the source of power. You are doing ministry without prayer, without power. What can you do without power? Jesus told the disciples, go and tarry ye in Jerusalem. I will send you some power. The missing ingredient. Then you can become my witness. Even Jesus himself. For 30 years he couldn't do squat. He couldn't do anything. There was a missing ingredient in his life. And when John the Baptist saw him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And he was baptized. The Bible said the heavens opened and the Holy Ghost came upon him. And he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There he was tempted by the devil 40 days. You want to be used in ministry, temptation is coming. God himself led him. You want to be great and you don't want to be tempted. You don't want to be tried. It's a joke. The kind of believers we have today. And young ones, please hear me, hear me. You are going to be great, but you go through trials, testings, challenges to form you. And the Bible says he came in the power of the Holy Ghost. And he went to church. And there was delivered to him the book of Isaiah, where it was written. And he read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me with the Holy Ghost and with power to preach the good news. Cast out devils, heal the sick, lose the prisoners, raise those who are broken, and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. And then the mighty works began. I said, you want to do ministry, advance God's kingdom without power? And this for us, the pastors. We need power. Supernatural power. Power from on high. I don't know that we are just talking. Anybody can talk. We can get a parrot here and you know that power can you know that parrots can do that? But we need power. Say power. And you need power in your life as well. Power is called the missing ingredient. You know, you can cook food unless you are ill and they tell you don't eat salt. When there's no salt in the food, missing ingredient, the food is bland. True or not true? That's why you can preach and it's bland. You can do things, it's bland. Because it's missing something. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. I need him desperately. You need him desperately. Even you need the Holy Ghost in marriage. The Holy Ghost. You're going to make a decision that can cause chaos. The Holy Ghost will witness you now. The Holy Ghost will tell you, go and say sorry. Holy Ghost, say Holy Ghost. <laughs> he, he knows everything. He's in charge of everything. 
Hallelujah. We must make a difference with our lives. We must advance the kingdom of God, but it will not come cheap to us. It wouldn't come on a silver platter for us. No, 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 no. How many of you have got a degree here? It doesn't matter whether you got a three or one, but or two, two or one. You got a degree. Okay. Uh, the ACC, everything is okay. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Did they just give it to you because you dressed nice in a suit and they gave you the certificate? Oh, I want to know whether you were... Even those who are giving what? Uh, doctorate for, you know, they give honorary doctorates. They have to achieve something before they give it to you. But we want to be great. We want to add the kingdom to advance, but we don't want to pay. You studied hard. Some of you studied very hard. The efforts you put in your studies, if you put the same thing in your spiritual life, you see how powerful you become. Amen. Oh, yes. It's the same. So God will tell you, you, you want a degree. You give all your energy and time and money and all, but you don't want to give time, energy, and money for you to become spiritually strong. That's why we are so weak. I woke up early this morning, I think by 2.30, something, but it, I, I felt a touch and I woke up to pray some kind of thing. And whilst I was praying, and I listened to a message and the pastor said something. He said, one of the reasons why Christians are not strong compared to some of these unbelievers who double in the occult and the black magic. Hmm? One of them wanted power. You know what they told him? Three days. He had to carry a bowl Mm? filled with rotten animals, snakes, frogs, this, that, that, and not eat three days. After he finished on the seashore, he was asked to go to the deep forest to do the same thing, three days. After that, he had to go to the cemetery, three days. You, they ask you to pray and fast two days, you don't want to pray and fast. You see our problem? So when they come and they carry occultic powers, go and ask the witches. You, they're saying here, what they do, To carry power. The sacrifice. But Christians don't want to make any sacrifice. All I, I receive, I receive your year, your year of this. Please. How many times have we been saying your year of breakthrough and nothing is happening? It begins you it doesn't work like that, my brother, my sister. We want power, but we don't want to pay the, those people who go and sleep in the cemetery for days. Some of them even make human sacrifice. You give small money and go to retreat, you say you won't go. But holiday, you take thousands and go on holiday. You see where the problem lies? Our priorities are not right. So we don't carry any power. Because God does not just give his power like that. I told you, the eyes of the Lord moves to and fro in Medwich CLM. Looking for somebody whose heart is right with him. So he can use that person greatly, mightily to change the world. It doesn't just happen. If you know the sacrifices people make, even in athletics, if you see the sacrifice people make for football and Olympic games, how many of you like sports here? Yeah. You like Ronaldo. Do you know how many times he practices the, the, this? I know Michael, I like football a bit. Maybe those who know the history, how he plays the, and practices and strengthens himself then you will be paying money, then he's collecting your money. <laughs> you think it just happened? 
I'm trying to tell you, young people, hear me. It doesn't just happen. You want to be great and get good qualifications. You want to be recognized and to make an impact. You have to study hard. You make sure that the investment your parents are making is worth it. Amen. I went to secondary school. Some parents made a lot of investment. Whilst he taught giving the child money in you no know, boarding schools, where I come from. While the parents think the child is studying, bringing the money, <laughs> bringing the provisions, the child is out partying. <laughs> and then when the, the, the results come, it's all nice. <laughs> the parents say, What happened? What happened was that the child was not studying, the parents were throwing money away. That is why God does not throw his anointing away, his power away. He wants somebody who will respect and honor it and use it. Parents, I say I'm talking. Is that okay? When your child wants something, don't just buy it for them. Tell them you earn it. Teach them how to earn things in life. Teach them the normal trainers I'll give you is the one from Primark. But you want the one, Jordan, I can see that one there. You want Jordans. You will get B plus before you get Jordan. From C to B plus, I'll get you Jordan. But if you don't, I'll give you the normal primary one. You have to let them end. You must build these things into their spirit, into their souls. But the child just has give to them. The child just gave to them. Then when they grow up, they go to the real world. They can't survive. They cannot survive. The Rottweilers outside there in the world because your home, they might not be a rot. We better be a Rottweiler at home so that when they go and they face it outside, it's easy peace for them. It's the same thing spiritual. If I'm training you to be spiritually strong, I'm discipling you. And CLF, we want to make disciples. And we are training you. And you are fighting and resisting it. You want to become great? Please, don't waste your time. It won't happen. We call you to prayer and fasting. Say, pastors are fasting, leaders are praying and fasting. We are crying out to God for one week. And say, oh no, one week is too long. Can we make it three days? <laughs> but when you are paying, you want more pay. You want increase. But when you have to do what it takes to become great, then we are full of what? Excuses. That is our problem. It is not strange. It's not mathematics. It's not rocket science at all. tell you, read your Bible. You have to memorize the scriptures. Our children can memorize all the singing stuff. They cannot memorize John 3.16. And you are a parent. It's a shame. Because you have to be deliberate to raise children. Deliberate. Until that time we are watching things, they can mention the name of the star and they did the thing they did. I say, hey, can you give me one scripture? No, I said, I turned to be, we are failures. We have failed. Yes, we have failed. You better accept responsibility. Because whilst you are not doing it, an enemy came in and so tests. Because nature does not entertain vacuum. You do it yourself deliberately or something will take its place. And I can tell you by nature, if you leave the grass there by nature, it will only grow what? Weeds. It's difficult to cultivate good things. These are things we need to tell ourselves 
and our children. It's effort. But what happens is this. In the long run, they will rule. They will be more happier. They will have all the money. They will more do find out that in the long run, while their friends were playing fourth night, is it fourth night or fourth night, whatever. While they were playing that one and they were studying, now they will be employing those people. It may not happen now, but it will happen 10 years, 15 years, it will happen. Or, they will be the one always going looking for jobs, being turned around, saying they are racist and they are this. <laughs> if you don't want to be told that become so good, they will call you. People don't care whether you are black, yellow, or green. If you are good and very good, they have no choice. They will call you and sign you up. And then you will name your price. I'm telling you, it's the truth. It's the law of life. Or you can stay in your home and complain. Racist, but if you don't like, go to Africa where you came from. But if you want, if you don't want that, if you don't want that, and you are in a predominantly a people who naturally will oppress you, then you better become good. That is the reality of life. We should not beat around the bush. We should know what we are contending with. And as believers, we are contending with powers of darkness who are wicked. More evil has been released in the world than ever before. Gross darkness. Confusion, COVID, people losing their job, mental illness out through the roof. Homes, challenges in marriages, finances, everywhere there's tension. As if a vice is being squeezed more and more. And we are sitting there complaining. For my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. There is power in the word of God. There can be peace in the midst of the storms. There can be strength in the midst of the storm. And we are supposed to be the light and the salt. And if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it savor the world? I'm praying for the Ukraine Christians. In the midst of the pain, that they will get some people saved. They'll get some soldiers saved before even they die. At least they go to heaven. This is the time for the church to arise. Because we are the only hope for the world. You know that? There's no hope anywhere. No hope. Anywhere. I was so blessed when I read and I was listening to Mekes mom's life. What an impact. She may not have been a preacher standing here preaching, but just the lifestyle of love, of impacting and praying. To help and to see righteousness. That is Christianity. Forgiveness and gentleness. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm just reminded that one of the things that the Holy Ghost told me. And I want to say that. And I wrote it down. If you are here, because if you don't do, the, there's somebody here, I'm not saying if. There's somebody here, deep inside of you. There's hurt and pain. And it's hidden. It might have happened even in your childhood. But then it, kept, it keeps on at time once in a while. It is triggered by an experience you face either in your marriage or at home at work. For instance, let me ask you a question. What is your most humiliating experience that you have hidden? That thing may be driving your life negatively. You know, at times we hide negative experiences. Maybe when I was a child, 
I was taunted, I was mocked, I was laughed at. You know, at times, children suffer that. That child grows up, and that anger and bitterness rules their life and the way they treat people without them even what? Realizing it. Somebody here, something like that is happening to you. There's something raging. There's a demon inside of you, so to speak. That you have, is there. At times you are not even aware that it is there. And then when you go to work, it rears its head. Your boss does something and then something happens. Even in marriage, it happens. Do you know, it goes far, far, far into your childhood. Of something you experienced. I wrote down some questions. What secret anger resides deep inside your soul? What secret anger is deep inside your soul? And that anger is triggered at times by some experiences. Then you find yourself behaving in a certain way. And people say, what is going on? And that thing can control your life. And then what happens is then you begin to blame. And whilst you are blaming, at times your mind will go far back to what happened to you when you were about maybe 10 or 12 years old. The other day I was talking to somebody, a lady. You know, young girls want to be loved and liked. Is that not so? So during, I'm not sure whether it was secondary school time or so. Yes, I think so. And uh, I can't go into the graphic details because there are young people here. But she was liked by a young man. Okay. But the young man liked her for only one particular reason. She didn't know that. She thought the young man really. And then she heard the young man. You know boys, the way boys are. Gathering and making. And he, he was saying the reason why he liked this girl was because of something. Like I say, young people, I can't say. Not because of what? Her. Of who she is. It just devastated her. Up to today, the pain is still there. She's about 50 years old. Yes. And it drives so many things. What deep? There's a demon that came in because of some experience and it is affecting your life now. Listen to me carefully. And if you're a leader, it's even worse. Because what happens is eventually it will destroy you. It will make you behave a certain way. We need to deal with these things. And the more you work closer to God, the more the Spirit of God helps you to address these things. For instance, who do you wish and think and believe should come and apologize to you? No, You have been wishing and thinking, this person must come and apologize to me. So that's the question. I'm trying to help you to identify that demon. I'm ministering now to you. Who do you really wish? Even the person may be dead, but you wish they will come up and say sorry to you. The thing is there. It is killing you. Who do you really wish will come to you? Nikki? If there's somebody you want, but that one day day God will strike Pastor John and he will come and say, Nikki, I am sorry for making you wash my car. <laughs> do you know that I'm telling you what I'm saying? I know what I feel in my spirit. Who do you really wish will come to you and say sorry? And the person is not coming. See, your whole life is being driven by something, but you don't realize that something is driving it.
What is the kind of person you isolate yourself from? It's a sign. Somebody said, my presence agitate the demons in people. <laughs> Who do you isolate yourself from? It's a sign of something deeper in you. It's not the person, it's you. But you are blaming somebody else. We don't, and these things hinder us. That's why parents, you need to talk to your children, let your children really express themselves so that if they say they wound, whatever, you help them heal quick before they carry it with their... Do you know some people strive to achieve a lot because they want to prove something to somebody? I know people, and they achieve a lot, but they're achieving, they want to prove to their parents who said they were nothing. They want to prove to their friends who said they were... So all your life you are striving, so the day you don't get the accolade, you are depressed. God wants to heal you. God wants to set you free because that thing, I believe the reason why the Lord wants me to tell you is that it will ruin your life eventually at the most critical moment. You can be healed. Let go of the past. Receive the healing of the Almighty God. David said, if my father and mother reject me, the Lord will take me up and become a father to me because you cannot control the other person. The person may even be dead. You can't control it. But you and God, there can be healing and restoration. Hallelujah. I was going to teach you, teach you about how to advance God's kingdom. I think what I've said is enough for you to ponder, to think about it. We must do ministry and life holistically. You see young people here, they are the future and the destiny of the kingdom of God. You see them as small, but you should see with the eyes of God. It's better to spend energy and resources on them. Amen? You see the way like what the, generally speaking, some of the Asians do, especially the Indians. The parents will come here without nothing, suffer, work 13 hours at the corner shop. To get their children to go to what? Uni, become doctors, lawyers, accountants. And then their children are ruling. And their children buy them houses. And they are enjoying now in their 70s. Is that not so? It's the same way you must treat children. Put energy. Put resources in them. They are the next generation. You may not have made it because you didn't get the help that you thought your parents could have given you. So you have to give them that word. Support. So that you can die in peace. Knowing that your heritage is secured. For the future. Especially for the kingdom of God, by the way. Because if you do all your life. Just striving for material things. What a shame. That is low living, you know that. If all your life is striving for cars and houses. It's the lowest level of life. Like I said, you can lose your car, your house, just like that. You know that. You can lose all your savings just like that. You know that. Don't think anything is secure. Nothing is permanent. It's not secured. So if I'm striving and striving to get Lamborghini, hallelujah, I want to drive a Lexus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And all that I strive for is for a Lexus and not for the kingdom of God. And then you get the legs of what next? And then you go out, the thief comes and steals it, or what? <laughs> he catches fire, what next? 
Because all the material, every material that you're going to leave it behind is the significance of life and the impact you make on others. Say others. That's what the kingdom of God is about. Others. Others. They said when this guy was dying, the great, what's his name, the William Booth and the wife, Catherine Booth, you know, they founded what? Let me see whether you know who they are. So, Salvation Army. When he was dying, he wrote a letter. And all that the letter said was, others. 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 For it's more of a blessing to give than to what? If you want your life to be impactful for the kingdom of God. You, the reason why we want power, the reason that we want more money is for the kingdom of God. You know, I wrote something here. If God were to give you, make you a millionaire, what will you use the money for? God, there may be millionaires sitting here, but whether it will manifest or not, it depends on how you handle money now and how you see the force, what money is supposed to be used for. If you don't see kingdom in everything you do and say and act, then some of the things, like I said, that God wants to do, he won't do it because God, wants, uh, God must give me power. Everybody knows that, yes, this Pastor John coming now, open the door for me, carry my Bible. If that is why, it's a shame. God won't do it. You can go and get Babalao somewhere and get it now. But if you want God to do it, it won't happen because it will destroy you, it will destroy me. Kingdom of God. Strive here. Medway CLF. Have you got a name yet for, your, for the church? You should get some fantastic name. Medway CLF is a bit boring. That's for me. Don't worry. Man. Get some fantastic name that when we say it, you get charged. You know, names have got, you know, names carry power. I mean, I don't have time to teach you about names. I'm not saying that. Please forgive me. Don't take offense. Please. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> but we must have kingdom agenda. We must have kingdom marriages. I'm not hearing amen from the married couples. You know, we used to have some fantastic marriage meetings. I remember years ago, you know, before the COVID. I hope you revive it. And make it kingdom-based. Don't make it human. You see, anything that is kingdom-based works. If you make it human-based, you have trouble because we are all flawed. We are all deficient. So you make it kingdom-based. Your marriage must advance God's kingdom. Because of your marriage, it will be said, because of this marriage, God's kingdom went forward. Not because of the marriage, the kingdom of God drew back. Those of you who want to get married, I know people who want to get, immediately they marry, their passion for God goes down. I don't, what kind of marriage is that? Before you got married, you were passionate for God. Things were running. Now you marry, we can't see you anymore. By the way, I didn't know you played the bass. Wow, let the key on the bass. That's a, that's a mystery and a wonder. <laughs> Maybe you need to get some bass uh, speakers so we can hear the boom, boom, boom. I wasn't hearing it. Marriage. The workplace. You must make an impact at your workplace. You just don't go and work as an accountant. You must, your work there must advance God's kingdom. Your boss should come to and say, why are you so special? There's something about you. One about the efficiency of your work and the way you relate to people there that they'll come to you secretly like Nicodemus. 
you know there's something about you. And then you lead them to Christ. I tell people who work, do you know that sinners don't come to church? If sinners came to church, all those playing football here, they'll be here. They'll not be going to them, they'll be here. Sinners don't come to church. So in church, we equip you to go and do the work of the ministry. You're just here for one and a half hours, two hours, and it's over. You spend hours at the workplace. And after seven years at your workplace, you haven't even prayed for one person to be saved. It's not correct. I tell the church that. What is the point? Because church is not here. We just gather to encourage, what? Build each other. And then we go to the wilderness where the Rottweilers are and make a difference. For I have called you as ambassadors of Christ, as ministers of reconciliation. Have you reconciled anybody to God? Has the way you do your work changed people's lives? I know a friend. Oh, I just like him. You know him. He's in Canada. Big ball, big man. His work and the way he treats people is so good that when the, he worked, I think the first, the largest, is a vice president. It's not a small position, I'm telling you. The money he earns, you have no idea. But they like him so much. When they gather the top leaders, his boss of boss will ask him, Sam, speak to the people for me. He goes to any place. They put him anywhere. The place changes. When I went and knew, they, they recruited him. He went to that place. And there was a lot of friction amongst the people there. Within a month, everything has changed. Everybody was happy. Things were working. That is what we call Christianity. He has taken the kingdom, without even mentioning Christ, he has taken the kingdom of God to the workplace. We do church wrongly. When you talk to people at your workplace, and the same goes for you, the students, the young ones, we should train our children because of them, somebody will come off drugs. Because of them, somebody's life will be turned. Yes! Somebody will be shown a light. Even if this one person is worth it that they went to that school. You should be remembered for working at that place. But you know why it doesn't happen? All that we go there for is to seek for money. And things to be done our way. That is not kingdom. That is not kingdom. We can change the world. As much as we are. You know we can change the world. All, we, all is needed is what? Unity. Oneness of heart. Why do you think the devil fight unity so much? You know the devil fight unity in this church? Where two or three are guarded. Not just Jesus is dead. Satan too is there. Yeah. He's there. Don't forget it. If Satan was not there, why are there divorces? Husband and wife. Is there anybody there as well? <laughs> and I say husbands and wife, that please get a bit quiet. <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling you that when two or three, the devil will fight unity in this church from pre and prevent it from achieving its purpose. I know how he fights it. Simple. Self-centeredness, self-glorification, self-mortification, self, 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 self. It has to be done my way or it don't happen my way or the highway. And as long as that thing is in us, the devil will win the everyday. He will win. 
like the Ukraine, understand there so were internal what? People who were already set up by Putin to cause havoc. It's called the fifth column. Divide and rule. If you are here listening to me, make sure you are not the instrument of the devil to cause division and what? To cause the chair from moving forward. Or you'll be judged by God. Because it's in the word. You became an enemy of God's purposes. Don't become an enemy of God. You know, some pastors were enemies of God. One of them, Eli had two sons. I'm talking about kingdom of God, advancing it. Hophni and the other one, Phineas or so. These were pastors in the church. And they were doing wrong things in the church. They were sleeping with the women and chopping the money. When people bring sacrifice to God, they will use their fork and take the choicest meat. And the people say, we beg you, let's sacrifice, let the fat burn first and have the rest. They say, hey, shut up. Oh yeah, shut up, cloth. We want the meat, we will have it. My way. And their father, Eli, did not correct them. One day he called them and then he said, sons, I've heard you are doing bad things. Can you please stop? That's what he told them. Or else you will care. Because if a man has an issue with another man, we can intercede and God will help me. But if a man has a case against God, what can he do? He should have removed them instantly. He should have gotten them stoned to death, his own children. He didn't do it because, like I said, you see, if you don't understand unity and understand spiritual matters, you will understand. He should have gotten them sorted out. Not just removed, killed. That's what the scripture said. And God would have honored him. So God sends small boy, Samuel, maybe about eight years old. Who is eight years old? A small boy, 13, eight years old, goes to him one day and says, this is what the Lord says, Eli. He didn't even go to the boys, you know. He went to the father. Parents, especially the fathers in the homes. When, God, when, I, when Eve sinned, did God go to Eve first? No, he went to what? Adam. If there's an issue here, the pastor is the first person God will deal with. Speak to the angel of the church in Tartaria. It's always the head first. God will. It doesn't matter whether you are innocent, you are the one God will deal with. That's why you don't tolerate evil and wrongness and Jezebel and wrong spirit. You should not tolerate it for a minute. If, it's, if you alone standing for God, let it be so. If it is only you, let it be so. Don't worry about it. Nikki, put the flowers there. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Nick. Yes. So God sends, can you just imagine you are Pastor John? You say you are this, you are that. God sends a small boy from there to prophetic way to come and tell you, speak to me. Say, you, I was going to establish your house as the high priest house for the whole of generations to come. But what you've done against me, that's a scripture for God. I wish I could remember it. He said, you have dishonored me and elevated your children above me. For those who dishonor me, I will dishonor. And those who esteem me, I will listen. From today, your house is cut off. Nobody will live above a certain age in your family from today. They will die young in their prime. God cares him, not the devil. And in one day, those two stands of yours will die in one day. And your house bloodline is kaput. Because you didn't honor me. These are the ways of the Lord. 
when you live your life, eh, do it to honor God. In your marriage, do your marriage to honor God. Whether your wife or your husband likes it or not, it's not the issue. Do the right thing. And let God be God. You should go and ask John Wesley. How many of you have read the history of John Wesley before? I believe he's the greatest man outside of Apostle Paul, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church. Oh, man, you read it. Read his history. And you should know how his wife tormented him. His wife was his number one tormentor. <laughs> not the devil, the wife. But that did not stop him from doing God's work and accomplishing God's work. Oh, yes. He'll be preaching. The wife will come and stand there and insult him and make all kinds of fun. The wife will pull his head to what? His beard to things like Yes. Pure torment. But he said, no. Dear heart, sweetheart, let me love you the way I love you. I love God first. Let's settle that matter. But let me love you. I love you. But I will do it. But you should read, you should read the letter he wrote to the wife. One day, I don't want to go into that. But I'm just saying this. The kingdom of God must come first. When all of us die one day, which we all die soon anyway. If you are 50 and above, you've got short time to live. Then <laughs> Those of us who are 50 and above, we've got less time than how long we have lived. True or not true. Look, these are the reality. Just accept it and live for God. That's what everybody do. I don't care whether you live to 200 years or not. You will die. It is what you do for God that matters what? Most. I want to serve God and die and hear God say, welcome, John Dumper. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy. That's what I want to hear. I want to give my best for God. I want my children and the children here to be champions for God. I want to die knowing that they, they love God and want to serve God. The same for you as well. The best gift is to see you firing for God. Loving God, working together as one entity. Putting aside your personal differences, your personal likes and dislikes. Dying to self. And say, for Christ's sake. Pastor Mecca would have done it, but for Christ's sake, let us go. That is the heart we need to develop here. For the sake of Christ. Or most, we don't know when we will pass, do we? We don't. So every day we have, let's give our best. For Jesus, shall we stand?